Hi and welcome. We're so excited that you chose to join us today. And we hope that this message will inspire you to live the life that God designed you to live. For this message or others like it, you can go to our website or you can find us on our YouTube channel. Now sit back, relax, enjoy this message. Good morning. Happy Father's Day once again. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Just one in the cooker. The cooker's about done. Mama's done too. <laughs> Could you take the boomy out of this, the boominess? Well, while we were worshiping, the band, the kids' band did amazing, didn't they? Yeah. You know, it's so great. I know like Scotty Hedstrom there and Leah for many years and Lauren. And then there's been others who have taken hours and hours, probably more like weeks to work with the kids band with their instruments and their singing. And uh, so the kids are doing amazing, but thankful for the mentors who took time to do that. Huh? That's wonderful. As we were worshiping, I, I couldn't help but hear the kids that were still in the room, which we don't. Some, there's some kids, but not as many, and there's the murmur and the, and the laughing, and I also heard some of the complaining and, uh, you know, maybe some fighting, like, quit. There's one of the kids over here had a, I don't know what you call those, the twirler thing, and his siblings were stepping on it because, of course, that's what kids would do, right? Oh, this is fun. Step on it. He's like, don't. Stop it. And I couldn't help but think, you know, it's Father's Day. I couldn't help but think, but, you know, like, that's a part of parenthood, of fathering. You got kids who... You know, they're just, they're having fun, they're laughing, and I don't know, to me, I was hearing it going, oh, that's pleasant to my ears. Even the complaining was like, huh. That's part of parenting, right? I mean, that's what I'm getting into here, right? It's going to be some of that, and that's part of it. So we, you, we learn to, as parents, very soon for me, we learn to enjoy even that part of it. Okay, not as many amens or hallelujah brother on that one, but yeah. Well, um, I'm going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings, and uh, we have a video, and I'm kind of, we're going to sh show it during the, when we pass the buckets here, but I'm going to kind of preview it or intro it. It's, it's actually a, a video that my sister Steph made for my grandfather. He passed away last Sunday evening. Uh, Pastor Steve and Trish are in the cities uh, just kind of dealing with stuff that's got to get dealt with. And um, but we're going to show this video that Steph made for kind of to kind of commemorate his life. And for you, for you who don't know uh, Dan Cornamone, which was my grandfather, uh, you know he obviously parented Pastor Steve, uh, and he was a grandfather to me and my siblings. And for you who knew him, uh, he was an influential man. Um, and uh, I, I'm thankful for everyone that of my friends and people I know that did get to meet him. And if you didn't, I hope you have someone in your life that is a, of, of high quality as he was. Um, but anyway, he, Pat, like you said, he, he was the father to my father. Uh, but 
as far as this church, the reason we're sharing this is he, he was kind of a, uh, a huge part of this church. He gave financially uh, to no end. I don't even know to what degree, but greatly. And he also prayed fervently for this church. For some of you who maybe weren't even here yet, he prayed for you. And, uh, and he spent time here. He imparted into people and so we're going to show this video. If you're, if you're like, I don't know who this guy is, just know that he was a, a, a father, a grandfather to this house. And uh, I am, and I know many of you are very thankful for him. But, you know, I guess before we show the video, ushers, if you want to help me here, uh, if you're giving cash, you can give, raise a hand. They'll give you an envelope, checks to Destiny Church. And one of the things that my grandfather instilled in me and his kids, grandkids, was that he gave all glory, all the glory. And he was a very successful businessman, very successful. I don't even know how successful, but I know he's very successful. <laughs> and uh, the company was very small when it started, and he was a, just a laborer. Um, by the time he retired, he had become president and CEO of the company and became an international company by, by the time when he retired. And uh, he gives all the glory to God, um, but he was obviously an instrument in God's hand, uh, but he attributes all his success to the Lord. And But one thing that anybody knows, and I mentioned this, that he was a giver. And uh, I think one thing that it show, showed his giving was that he re- recognized that, that his, his provision for himself and his family, all of that came from the Lord. And I think one way that we secure our trust in the Lord is like, all right, God, this money deal is a big deal. Because I go to work five days a week, six days a week, three days a week, whatever it is. We, we go to work to make that money, right? So when we get that money, sometimes our fists can be held a little tightly, if you know what I mean. So I think it's a good indicator where our trust is when we can open our hands up and give, whether that's here, whether that's into families and situations that are in need. And obviously, it's much bigger than just finances. It's our life that we get to give, Right? Amen? Okay. Well, I'm going to pray, and then, Usher, you can go ahead, and then we'll watch this video. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to gather this morning as a family, as a body, and um, we thank you for this opportunity to give. And God, I pray that in this one way that we can give, I pray that our lives would, would just pour forth in, in generous giving in every area in the way that we talk, that we be generous with, with um, encouraging, with loving on people, the way that we live and the way that we give. God, in every area, I pray that we would be generous givers. We give lavishly in every way. So we thank you for the opportunity that we can partner and participate in your generosity. And we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Getting your picture taken, Grandpa? (laughs) Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Whose wisdom? Your wisdom. 
My wisdom is all wore out. You can't think of the greatest things you've done? Yeah. That's very beautiful kids. Yeah. Had, what, 12 beautiful grandkids? Mm-hmm. The hopper's getting fuller. <laughs> Grandpa woke up with a mission every day. There was somewhere he was going. So when he came down those steps, he was dressed to impress. Always had his cufflinks on. Always in a good mood, of course. Canada. You ask Grandpa, how's it going for you? Okay. Well, if I get the one I'm trying for and five more, I'll have six. And you know, you kind of say it seriously, but then he always looks back and kind of smiles at you. on the golf course. Didn't matter if he was having the best game or the worst game. If he had a good shot, he would say, first lucky shot of the day. Kind of look back at you and smile to see if you got the joke. <laughs> Grandpa was a early riser and the first thing he did when he woke up is he found his devotion, his spot where he'd have devotions with, with God. And he was well known for that. He was well known for his library of Bibles. And, and he gave the credit to the success of his life, to his business life, but his personal life too. He gave that credit to his time that he spent with God.
remember when Grandma was alive and us grandkids were around. Grandpa loved to tease Grandma. And whatever it was, maybe it was Grandma, what Grandma was wearing, she was in her bathrobe or different things. He would make some sort of comment and Grandma would, damn, you know, said, damn. Just kind of scold him and then he would, he would, when she wasn't looking, he'd look at us and kind of wink and do his big Grandpa Dan smile at us. Grandpa was the, the greatest thing in your life, the greatest accomplishment you had. And he said, I just loved when all the family was around, we're sitting around in the house and spending time together. And those were the greatest, greatest moments I could, I had. And he said, you tell them, you tell them that I just love spending time with the family. The best thing is your family. Yeah. Very much so. Mm. My family, kids and grandkids, mm -hmm. great grandkids, very important. Mm -hmm. You'll find that out when you get older. Mm -hmm. Quit giving me that grin. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? <laughs> uh, that sounds like grandma right there. <laughs> it's good. Good kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have a good grandpa. Oh. Yeah, we do. A really good grandpa. Grandpa's all wore out. <laughs> that doesn't mean he wasn't a good one. Huh? I said, that doesn't mean he wasn't a good one. <coughs> yeah, maybe so. spiritual father to many so well let's pray as we get started and I gather myself <clears throat> Lord we thank you for this morning and uh, today we're celebrating Father's Day and um, God we thank you for what an amazing father we have in you that you're a good father <laughs> so thankful you're never not good and as one as one person said if our situation isn't good, it's just not the end yet. 
Because, God, we thank you that every situation is good because you're at work in it. So we thank you for it. And, God, I pray that this morning as the word is shared, God, I ask that every father here and every parent, every person, God, that we would encounter your love. We'd experience your goodness this morning, your love. God, I pray that our eyes would be opened. The eyes of our heart, let them be opened this morning. We thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, <clears throat> this year, the month of June, has great significance for me um, beyond the normal birthday of June 4th, which has come and gone already. Uh, my grandfather passed away, as we saw with the video on June 9th, and I'm also scheduled to become a father on June 26th. Could happen any day, though. For... <laughs> Some of you guys are like, oh, you don't know what you're getting into. I know. Just this morning, in fact, we're like, what did we do? What did we do? It's going to be good. That's what I hear from most people. Then there's the few who are like, why? <laughs> but. So, yeah, it's an interesting month. I have someone close to me who entered into eternity. And for the other, eternity is only about to begin. What was thought, said, and done on earth is sealed for eternity with the one. And what will be thought, said, done here on earth is yet to be seen for the other. It's, it's an interesting thing, eternity. I don't know if you guys spend much time thinking about it. it I was actually talking with... Uh, my father-in-law, who's a spiritual mentor, and uh, we were talking about it a little bit, and he goes, yeah, I think about it often, he goes, for a while. I, I, there's often times where I think about it, but I only can think about it for a while, because then my wires start getting smoked. As I think about how, how puny our earth is, and then how puny we are on the earth, and the galaxies that are continuing to go on and on and He's like, my, my wires just smoke, and I'm like, I, I can't think about that anymore. And yet, and yet our Heavenly Father cares so much about us. But so eternity, it's an interesting thing. And these major events in my life, like I said, have been making me think a lot about eternity. And I can't help then think about, like, well, what's my purpose? What's our purpose like here on earth then? You know? So I... You know, God, why did you create the earth and everything in it and then make the human, er, human race and place us on earth? And then you gave the humans, us, you gave us the ability to procreate. And although I, I thoroughly enjoy the, proce the process, if I, if I might put it that way, the process, <laughs> although I thoroughly enjoy the process, there are so many poor decisions that come as a result of that process. <laughs> you know, these are questions that arise in my heart, like, you know, what were you thinking, God? You retired one evening, and 
made some poor decisions. No. And there's so much pain and brokenness that is experienced in life. This is going to get better. Just hold, hold on. Let me just get my intro done here. It's the process, uh, the, a different type of process. And there's so much pain and brokenness that is experienced in life. So why would you or how come, like, what were you thinking? What, what, were, you, what were you thinking? <laughs> you guys ever gone down that road? I, I go down that road sometimes, like, you know, and then I think, well, you just put us here so we could figure some stuff out. I'm like, that just sounds like a cruel game, you know. Let's throw these, these mice in this maze, see if they can get to the end. That, that was not it, right? That was obviously not it. Um, so I have, I have a couple of siblings who have kids, um, one being down in the city, so I don't see them as often. And then Sam and Lauren have two amazing kids, one in the, one in the cooker. Uh, and I get, I, I've gotten to know Henley the most. She's been around the most. And uh, I have all my farm equipment parked at their house, or which was their house. And uh, one of the reasons why I enjoyed farming so much, because I could go, I mean, I'd just go over and move my farm equipment around the yard, and hopefully Henley would come out at some point so we could hang out and talk. Um, so, I, you know, I get to enjoy uh, Sam's kid, Sam and Lauren's kids, and especially Henley. Uh, some, of the, some of the joys, I received my first nickname, which was Wren, uh, which came from the, the root word friend. Wren is the root word from friend. She couldn't say friends, so it was Wren. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. She stopped saying it, sadly. But, um, and, so, and then also, when I see her for the first time or even the tenth time in a day, she comes running with her arms wide open at, you know, knockdown speed, yelling, Uncle! I mean, come on. That's just incredible, you know? incredible and then the emotional roller coaster that I've experienced when you know I don't know it was a couple months ago we were sitting down and playing and just for a few minutes and she kind of stopped and looked at me she goes you're my favorite uncle I'm like (laughs) I'm like I wanted to get out my phone record that and send that to John send it to Joe (laughs) ah suck it and then but then seconds later she goes and John's my favorite. And she goes on to name all her uncles. And I'm like, dang it. But, but it was, it's still amazing. Like, she's just, to have a, have a niece who's just, I don't know, it's just incredible. So the joy, yeah, so good. You know, from the moment I became an uncle, I just knew that, that I would have a special relationship with my nieces, and currently there's just one nephew, but perhaps nephews. Uh, it's just an incredible relationship. Um, and I, and I couldn't, have, couldn't have imagined the joy that I was about to experience until I experienced it. And, you know, I'm sharing from an uncle's point of view because I haven't yet held my child but I'm sharing from an uncle's perspective, but for many of you, you've, you, you're parents, so you know the joy. Uh, for many of you, your aunts and uncles, your grandparents, uh, some of you, your friends of couples who have kids and you're very close, so you know the joy of children. You know, you know that joy. 
You know, as I'm thinking about this morning, I'm thinking about eternity, and I'm thinking about our Heavenly Father, and I'm thinking, God, why did you do it? Like, what were you thinking? Kind of like a, you know, like you're up late one night and bored or something. But, but he, he was very intentional. Neil said it really well. He was an intentional creator, deliberate. He created deliberately. He did it on purpose. And so as, you know, me and my constituents on the, on the roofing crew, we were discussing this this past week, like, why? Why would, you know, why? What's the reason, you know? And I, and I, I kind of threw out my two cents. I said, I think it's because God wants, wanted relationship, you know? And indeed, he did. He wanted relationship. And I share the story about Henley because, I mean, if, you, if you've experienced anything, remotely close to that, you know the joy of, of relationship with your spouse, with a friend. I mean, it's this unbelievable joy that you get to experience. It's incredible. And obviously our Heavenly Father gets to enjoy that same relationship and wants to enjoy that close, intimate relationship with us, right? It's, it's incredible. So when I'm, I'm thinking, God, what were you thinking? And and I read through scripture, you read in Genesis, the Genesis account, and you go, okay, I know. I know what God was thinking. He was thinking, I want to create humanity so, there, so I can love, I can show love, and I can receive love. But God didn't need us, right? We know that. He didn't need us. He was, he was fully complete in himself, but he wanted someone to show love to. So he created us. It's incredible. And we see a picture of that in Hebrews 12, too. It says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us, who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, because his heart was so focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So he had you and I in mind. Now, I could go through the Genesis account where Adam and Eve, you know, they, they messed it up pretty bad. But let's just be real. If they hadn't messed up, you would have done it when you showed up, okay? So the point is, is that we as humanity, we, we, we've missed it. They missed it, and we've missed it, Right? But see, when Jesus came, he had you and I in mind. He had you and I in mind. He had, the, he had in mind that the relationship that once was, was broken. That the possibility that once was in the garden, that that was lost. He had that in mind. He goes, I want to come and restore that. He had you and me in mind. Did he want to restore that relationship, Right? So when I ask that question, God, why? Why did you do it? He goes, I wanted a relationship, right? I wanted a relationship. I wanted to be able to commune, to fellowship with, with someone, with people. And we have that privilege. So you guys are all following me with that, right? Couldn't we have just done that in heaven? I mean, there's still free will in heaven, <laughs> <laughs> Can we have done that in heaven? Nobody wants to say anything. Oh, is it a trick question? Or I don't think it's a trick question. I'm just saying, couldn't we have just 
been in heaven? I mean, there's coming a day, right? My grandfather just passed. He was excited about going because there's coming a day for all of us. The Bible talks about our numbers, our days being numbered. Like, if you haven't thought about it, if nobody's ever told you, like, you're going to die. <laughs> it's not a super happy thought, but it can be. But you, you're going to die. Get your stuff together. Okay. <laughs> Some of us are closer, yes. Praise the Lord. Like, you're going to die, okay? You're going to go to heaven if you are in relationship with Jesus. You're going to go to heaven. When you get there, you're not going to become a robot. Either this is like brand new thoughts to you guys, you're kind of like, what's your point? You're still going to have a free will. So my question was, God, why didn't you just like put us in heaven and we're all happy. There's no pain. There's no struggle. We're just, we're all happy. Enjoying fellowship with the Father. Why not that? So then my question is, God, what were you thinking? I'm back to that question. God, what were you thinking? Like you were thinking pain, good. You know, most of us go pain, bad. We do whatever we can to avoid pain, right? So, so then why? There has to be something more. Obviously, relationship, when we pass on from this earth, there's still relationship with the Father, which is going to be so good. But then why? There's got to be something more. So again, me and my constituents, constituents, whatever, my fellow roofers, we're pondering this at lunch. And so they both, I was actually talking with Ted and Stan on different days, and they both kind of said the same thing. They said, yeah, well, maybe it's because there's something here on earth that we get to participate with the Father that we can't in heaven. Like maybe there's something here that we can enjoy that we can't when we go on from this earth. Good point. So what is that? It must be important then, whatever that is. And I'm like, whatever it is, if God created the earth, created us, put us here for a time, whatever that is, it must be of great importance, whatever it is. Because in 80, or if you're Dave, 120 years, 80 to 120 years, it's all over. It's all over. That might be a sad thought or a joyous thought, but it's all over. Okay? <laughs> Happy. <laughs> okay? So whatever, and you know that eternity, like there's no number to eternity. Like 100 years? No. Two, 200 years? No. Like 10,000 10, years? No. A, a million? A, a million years? No. Billion, no, Tr- trillion. How about 21 trillion, the, the amount of debt that we're in? A trillion years, no. A trillion million, you ever be kids and you like make up the biggest number? Well, I have a trillion, million, billion, gazillion more than you. There's still more years, like time goes beyond that. <clears throat> So with that in mind, and you have 80 to 120 years here on earth, like there's got to be something significant about our life right here, right now. Right? You have, you have an allotted time, and I think it's Hebrews or James that says, your life is but a whisper 
Here today, gone tomorrow. It's like the grass. It's just, it grows and then it fades and it's gone. So if that's your life, if that's my life, then whatever we are here for is of utmost importance. Whatever God had in mind, it, it's, it's so significant. And so how important is it that we know? And I'm not claiming to know it all, right? But I, but I hope to just touch on it a little bit here, okay? I'm going to read. I got permission to do this. I'm going to read a, a, just a short, I don't even know what it's called, but it's, he calls it God Moments. And so some of you guys have probably read it. He posts them on Facebook. Some of you, most of you probably don't know him, but I'm going to read. He wrote a God moment, and I believe it applies to this, this message, message this morning. So he wrote this. <clears throat> it is universally affirmed that the most significant advance in the automotive industry is the cup holder. Thank you. That is a joke. Our last minivan had two of them. That was not enough, so I bought a van with five. Still not enough. At least not when I'm riding with my wife. She fills them with bottles of water, nail polish, iPhone, snacks, wrappers. Thus, I find myself reliving my high school days pinching my soda cup between my knees. Come to think of it, the problem surpasses cup holders. When Cindy, his wife, I was going to leave her name anonymous, when my wife or any other person is involved, there always seems to be less than enough. Not enough space in the closet, too many cars on the road, only one armrest for two elbows on the plane. Sometimes it seems like the world is just a little too small to hold all the people. I'm beginning to suspect suspect a pattern. God, the wise and powerful, the ultimate engineer, does not make mistakes. Could this be part of his plan? After all, he may wear his engineering hat at work, but at home with us, he's father. And wise parents do not always make life easy and comfortable for their children. For instance... Sometimes they buy one large order of fries, obviously from McDonald's, for three kids, only uh, even though they could easily afford three small orders. Why? This is only inviting discomfort and conflict and, well, noise. True, but it is teaching the children how to get along and to share and problem solve. All these skills will be necessary for successful adulthood and successful cup holder management. Is not, the mission, is, is not this the mission of parenthood? To lovingly protect and guide a child into maturity. My children are teaching me this lesson. As amazing as childbirth is, as sweet as infancy, as cute as toddlerhood, as fun as childhood, there's nothing in life more beautiful than walking with your children as adult friends. It is the ultimate in parenthood. And I'm beginning, or and I'm becoming convinced that this is God's plan. Why is life hard? Right down to the end. Because God wants to live eternally with his children. But more than that, he wants to walk as friends. He wants it to be like it was before the fall, walking with his friends in the cool of the day. Genesis 3.8. This is his plan for you. He will squeeze you, challenge you, mature you, and prepare you for eternal, joyful friendship with himself. 
Then he prays, Father, I resolve to trust you, even in my, if my time, energy, money, space seems insufficient. I know that you will provide exactly what I need to become all that you want me to be. Amen. I, I asked if I could share that uh, with, with you all. Because <clears throat> as I was thinking about this, the thing that I'm alluding to is that I think God so enjoys relationship. He so enjoys that fellowship that we can have. But I think what distinguishes earth from heaven is that here on earth, heaven has already not yet. (laughs) That the kingdom of God here on earth is already not yet. Does that make sense? Like what Jesus did on the cross, he did everything. There was not one thing that he left undone. Salvation, done it. Healing, done it. Restoration, finished. Poor, he says, I came to preach the good news to the poor. Finished. If you're, if you're bound and you're, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're in bondage, he came to set you free. God did everything you and I could ever need. Everything was done on the cross. It was finished. So it's already done. But then you might ask yourself, I was just sick last week. What happened? Already not yet, brother. I got to tell you, my, my family seems like a bit of a mess. There's a lot of bondage going on. It's a bit of poorness happening. Already not yet, brother. What I'm saying is that Jesus did it all. It was finished. But guess what? You and I, every day we get to get up, and we get to step out into a world of hopefully some peace and joy, but certainly some chaos. I think the reason, one one of the main reasons that God put you and I, humanity on earth, is he goes, you know what? I want to co labor I want to work. I want you and I to work together. See, there's a friendship. I I read that little story, not a story, a message that he wrote. What it means to walk as friends, it's far more than just like, it's far more than just having like an infant where you you give it some food, you uh, you put it to bed, and then you get elbows deep in diapers. You know, like that, that is a type of relationship right there, okay? Right, parents? There, there is a relationship there. <laughs> but it's a dependent, a complete dependent relationship. <clears throat> and then you might move to, to uh, being a toddler, and now they're trying to discover that they have their own free will, and you get experience, no, mine. And you're like, ah! <laughs> I would imagine that you might experience that. And even in that, I'm sure you find... Ways to enjoy. Oh, pray. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, you little angel child. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Right? They're learning, the, oh, I have independence. No, I don't want to. You will. <laughs> and then there's childhood where maybe they're learning to take on responsibility. Sam shared last week that the stories of us learning to find a hammer in the shop and how challenging that can be as a nine year old and pulling out nails and where's the wood and what's a two by four and all those things, learning some responsibility. There's a relationship there. 
But for you parents who maybe have become grandparents, <clears throat> you've maybe come to enjoy the relationship you have of grown children or children that are growing up. And you might, I know for me, you know, I went away to college for four years. And when I came back home, it felt like there was kind of a shift in the relationship I had with my parents, especially my father. I started going, I think we're like friends, you know? And not that we weren't before. It's not like, well, we're not friends. But we were friends. But it's like I felt a shift like, whoa, like we get to like do stuff together, problem solve together. And it's not just me like him going, do this, do that, you know, do this, do that. It was like I would throw an idea. He goes, hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have some input, you know, not just like pick up that log. But now I can like, hey, what if we cut down that tree? Yeah, that'd be a good one to cut down. Like, I feel like the relationship shifted, and now we get to participate in like, hey, let's, let's solve some problems. And so, you know, reading this story, and as I'm thinking about like, well, what's the difference? Why did God put us on earth? Why did God put you on earth? Why didn't, we just, why didn't he just like put us in heaven where there's no pain, where there's no difficulty, no challenge? But I think what distinguishes heaven from earth, one of the things, not claiming to be all inclusive here, one of the things is, we get to face challenges. There is pain. There is a level of suffering. Like that is here. But again, it's already done. But it's not yet. But it's already. But it's not yet. And what, what's the difference between already and not yet is you and me going, hey, Heavenly Father, locking hands, locking arms, like, hey, what can we do? What, what can we do right here, right now? I want to read a passage in um, 2 Corinthians, kind of on this point. Chapter 5, verse 7, pretty familiar, the first part is. Did I say second? First, 1 Corinthians 5. Seventeen. Did I say seven? Seventeen. So it is Second Corinthians. Sword challenge. It says this. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Speaking of salvation, when we receive Christ, it says the old person is done away with. You can read more about being buried in Christ. And then we're raised. So our old man is buried, okay? There's a, there's a rebirth that takes place, okay? So that's talking about when our, when our relationship with Christ begins. <clears throat> Behold, everything fresh and new. Now check this out, verse 18. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself. And then it says, and he's given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. So first, God took you and me, well, he made it available to everybody, but for you and me, whoever has given your life to Christ, we've become a new creature in Christ Jesus. We said, Jesus, I trust you. You're the only way for salvation. And when we do that, in John chapter 3, Jesus says, you've, become, you've been reborn. Not an earthly birth, a spiritual rebirth. You've been reborn, okay? And then after, this is Paul, I believe, speaking, he goes, 
And after God makes all things new and reconciles us to himself, then he's given us the ministry of reconciling others to himself. God, why, why didn't you just put us in heaven? I wanted to experience the joy of working with you. I believe that's what he's saying. I wanted the joy of locking arms going, All right, we got a little situation here. We got a little mess over here. But, okay, but the thing is, is you got to get out of diapers. So let me say that. Okay, you got to get out of those diapers. Okay, there are stages. God wants to walk with you, wants to go, okay, we got an issue here. Let's take care of that. But you can't be wearing a diaper with an issue in it. I'm not saying you got to be perfect, okay? Because if you wait to be perfect, you and I, we're never going to get there. Okay, let's be clear. We're, it's not perfection. But you've seen a kid who's dropped a couple, right? Had a lot in the bottle. It's full of liquid, and then they drop a couple. It's about here, right? Okay, we we got we to get out of this. We got to kind of learn to deal with that. I was uh, living with Aaron and Lindy. Katie and I lived with Aaron and Lindy, and they were in the process of potty training. Oh, what an experience. <laughs> All the joys. <laughs> no, no, stick your hand down there. <sighs> oh. <laughs> okay, drop the, you know, drops it. No, there's... There's stuff in it and flick. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm sure, so I just caught a glimpse, but I'm sure while we were gone at some point, they had the, the cleaning supplies out there, shh, shh, scrubbing. And then the next day we're down there rolling in the carpet. And <laughs> you know what was in that carpet? So we gotta get out. We gotta get out of the diapers. If you're in the diapers, it's okay. But we gotta get out of the diapers so we can work with the Father, right? If you're in the diapers, He still loves you, and you're you're amazing. But there's somewhere else that God wants to walk with us. I believe that walking with God as a friend is far more than just like wearing spiritual diapers. It's okay if you're there. That's great. But there's God so wants to walk with us as friends, and I believe that friends, you know. Uh, God called Abraham his friend. And guess what he did with Abraham? He showed up on earth and he's like, yeah, I'm about to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah because there's so much evil. And he goes, but first I got to check with my friend, Abraham. That's pretty cool. Like incredible that God would come and talk with Abraham because there was a partnership there. God partnered with Abraham I don't know if that was shared last week. He partnered with Abraham and he said, hey, can we make, can we make an agreement? Can we make a covenant? Because if we can, I'm going to send my son. Abraham had that, that honor, that privilege. But it's because Abraham was in friendship, not diaper friendship. He was in adult friendship with the father. Not perfect, but he had friendship with the father If the band could come forward, I'm going to bring this to a close. When I ask that question, why? God, what were you thinking? Maybe there's more to it. I'm sure there is. But that's one of the conclusions I come to. I mean, he could have just put us in heaven. We could have had fellowship. 
We could have hung out because that's what's going to happen one day when I up and get out of here and when you get up and out of here. But there was something different about putting us on earth. And, and I'm, I'm becoming more convinced is because he wanted to work with us. He wanted to co-labor with us, hand in hand, arm in arm, and say, hey, look at this situation. What can we do here? I mean, that's what we do with our kids. I mean, not my, which you probably have done with your kids. You go, hey, let me show you how to swing a hammer. Let me show you how to wash the dishes. I don't want to. That's okay. I'm going to show you anyway. This is how we put it in the dishwasher. This is boring. One day you will thank me, child. <laughs> Bless you, angel. And how much more fun is it when you, when you get to the place where like, hey, we can enjoy conversation. We can enjoy taking on a challenge and we can work together. I'm telling you guys, that's what the father longs for with us. And if you're in diapers, it's okay. But know that he's longing for the time when he can share the deep, intimate places. And, and I think when we face challenges, when we face struggles, even in our own lives, but when we're facing it in the world around us, I believe our response to those situations is what's enabling us to grow up and go deeper with the Father. Or if we're, if we're kind of like, I don't want to deal with it, I'm just going to close my eyes, I'm going to look away, I'm not going to deal with it. We're kind of just going, I like the diapers. <laughs> I was, I think it was Ledger. It was like, Sam was telling me, you know, like, hey, do you want to be a big boy? Like, you know, like Henley's a big girl and, you know, like go on the big toilet. He goes, no, daddy, daddy. It's like, no, I want daddy to change my diapers. Like, okay, he's not ready yet. <laughs> so maybe you're there. You're like, I like the diapers, I like the hot mess just feels like, hmm, then God comes running or somebody comes running. Maybe you're there, but I'm just saying it's a hot mess, you know? It's a hot mess. What I'm saying is the Father, I mean, he so longs to be able to go, hey, come on. Let's, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's bring, the, let's bring my, the kingdom down. Like, it's all ready, but it's not yet until you and I and see, each, each and every one of us has a sphere of influence. Right? If you're a parent, your sphere of influence is certainly your family. If you're a grandfather, grandmother, your sphere is your, of influence is your family. If you work, if you volunteer somewhere, if you serve somewhere, if you go to eat somewhere, if you go shopping somewhere, I'm telling you, you are a representation of Christ. And you and I... I'm not saying we got to be weird about it and like, you know, like just, okay, I can't talk about all that right now, but I'm just saying you are Christ wherever you go. And that's the sphere of influence to bring healing, to bring peace, to bring encouragement, to bring hope. Like that's a place that you and I, those places, that's where you and I get to bring, that's our sphere of influence. One of the things I've been praying for is that God would give my, give my heart eyes to see. I wonder sometimes for myself how I would live if I had eternity in mind always. And I'm not saying this in a condemning way, like, not at all. I'm saying just think of what we would do 
Just think of who we would love on, who would we reach out to, what kind of generosity would come from, I'm saying my life, what would come from my life if I had eternity in mind? Like, man, in 80, 90, well, not anymore, I guess uh, 60, 50 years, and I'm gone. Like, what will be said of me? What will I have done that lasted for eternity? I know this is serious. I just came from a funeral. Just give me a break. Eternity on my mind. But how would we live? I mean, think of the things that we would do if we said, oh, man, what I do right now can be have eternal worth. My grandfather's life, when we were burying him, I remember taking a, f- <clears throat> a, flower, <clears throat> a flower off the, the casket. And as I was actually watching someone else do it first, so they pulled it off, I thought, man, just like taking that is like there was a deposit left in my life from his life. There was a deposit that came from his life. You can, I believe that many, most of you have left a deposit, but you can, there's still time, lots. Depends on how you look at it. There's time for you to leave a deposit, a bigger one, in more lives. But I think it's important that we think we have eternity in mind. Like, whoa, I'm not here forever, but I'm here for a time. And there is a reason why I'm here for that time. There is a reason. If I could just know what that reason was, if I could just understand why the Father put me here. And I heard the Lord saying in worship this morning, I heard him say, look up. Look up. Things can be so busy. There can be so much noise right here. Oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And this is frustrating. And why won't my kids and job and blah, blah. Blah. But if we just look up and go, man, time is short. Time is so short. I feel like the Holy Spirit was saying, look up. The word is look up. Look up eternity there is a there is an eternity would you guys stand let's let's sing this song Press my face against the earth till my heart arises over my head. And as the weedy boughs down low when the autumn winds are blowing, I kneel before the one I love. Find me grateful. Find me thankful, find me on my knees. Find me dreaming, find me singing, find me lost in your grace. 
dust that you first held in a garden waiting. Call me up against your face again. Yeah, the breath of your hope fills the depths of my soul. Yeah, all I know is I Find me there, find me on my knees. Find me dreaming, find me singing, find me lost in your the depths of my soul till all I know is I've been found by love find me grateful find me thankful find me on my knees find me dreaming Find me singing, find me lost in your grace. Would you just raise your hands with me? 
that you give us eyes to see. Father, give us eyes to see. God, not to hate or disdain this natural earth. That's not what you wanted. But give us eyes to see what's eternal. Give us eyes to see. And as the cry of my heart recently is, God, give me eyes to see what's important. God, that I'd live my life for what, what's of true worth, of true value. And not to put myself in condemnation and like, why didn't you? Why did you? You know, what's wrong? No, no that's not what God comes to do. It's not what the Holy Spirit comes to do. He comes to empower us by his grace to live a full life. So God, we thank you for eyes to see the prize. Eyes to see, Jesus said, looking, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the, for the joy set before him, he saw the joy. He went to the cross. God, let us see. Let us have the joy. Let us have joy for what's set before us. The pure joy of walking with you in friendship. The pure joy of bringing your kingdom. Bringing heaven here and now. So that what is already done can be already right now. We just thank you. Giving us eyes to see. God, I pray for every person this morning. God, I pray that we would be encouraged that the voice of the accuser and the voice of condemnation for mistakes, I wish I would have, I wish I wouldn't have, God, that that voice would be silenced in Jesus' name. And that the voice of the one who stands before the judge, Jesus, who stands before the judge, on our behalf, our advocate, that his voice would be loud in our hearts loud in our ears saying, you're enough, you're enough, and come on, let's bring the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Let us live in light of eternity. We thank you for it. Thank you for it. I just bless everyone here. Thank you, Lord. Let's ask for an impartation from the Holy Spirit this, this morning, whatever is needed. Thank you, Lord, that you're imparting this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I really hope you're encouraged this morning. This was more serious, but I hope you go out of here with a smile, ready to, ready to bring the noise wherever you're at. <clears throat> it's Father's Day. If you're a father, I'm in that boat. I'm putting myself in that boat. I got a child. It's, I can't hold him yet. It's Father's Day. We have steaks, ribeye steaks for all the fathers. Grandfathers, that includes you. If you're a grandfather, if you're a great-grandfather, you have two. <laughs> There's food in the back as well. Hang out for some fellowship. I have prayer counselors that have come forward. Now, if you have any prayer for anything, if you need healing, uh, if you need to be set free from something, they, they would love to agree with you in prayer. So, hey, love you guys. Have an incredible week. You guys are dismissed. And I want you to know that he can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org.